This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junker Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. With me, as always, my good friend and co-host, Eric O'Branson. Eric, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Been uh, fighting with, like, late seasonal allergies, which is a new thing as of, like, last, last year, I think, is when mm-hmm. I came down with this weird... So, I don't know, it's either something about, like, where I live now, which isn't really that far from where I used to live, so it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but... That yeah, I get these weird, like, late-season um, crud, and, of course, you know, since everything else that's going on in the world, yeah, every day you got to wake up and be like, do I have a sore throat because my, I have this post-nasal drip and these awful allergies, or am I coming down with COVID? I'm not sure, but... <laughs> you know, so, when I first you know. moved to Wisconsin from northern Illinois to, like, central Wisconsin, again, three mm-hmm. hours, not that far away, uh, right. seasonal allergies started kicking my ass. Yeah, I grew up and never had them, like, in my entire life. Me and then moved down to Carbondale, where mm-hmm. we went to school, and all of a sudden I had, like, I think it was the springtime. So it wasn't even when I first got there. I, like, waited all the way until, you know, spring came along, and all of a sudden something that was down there that we don't have where I grew up just That makes sense, me. though. Like, that's, like, six yeah. hours away like, from where we right. grew up. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But, you know, I... And climate-wise, it's it's actually pretty different. It's It's... Strange, yeah, it really is. It's more like going. It's, it's like going from Wisconsin to Kentucky, damn near. You know, you're going through those belts. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin, I didn't think would be that different than Northern Illinois, and it's really not. Um, but just the, the yeah, I, I definitely get the get the sneeze attacks more now. So thank you for tuning Anyways. into the old man complaining about their nose hour. <laughs> we have our we have our like you know standard greetings, and it's usually like, hey, how's the weather? Hey, how are you feeling? Or what? It's, you know. What's ailing you this week? I've got this boil on my back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> getting old, I guess. But getting you know, old. They're yeah, going to change the name is... to like, the old man griping podcast. And, oh, hey, we watched a movie like later on. In the... But that actually kind of works for this movie that we're going to be it talking does. about. Yeah. It's actually a bit of a natural segue because one of the side characters in this is like a, not to give a review away too quick, but kind of a classic example of like old man old dad movie character um, yeah yeah certainly one that i think of when you think of like somebody's old dad in a movie like you yeah. think of like grumpy old men and you think of this guy right That's... absolutely and that has really nothing to do with the movie because the movie that we're going to be talking about tonight <laughs> and hopefully you uh watched it on uh what was it pluto. on pluto pluto was on pluto excuse yep, me pluto tv is the 1993 american romantic black comedy so i married an axe murderer hi my name is mike myers perhaps you recognize me from my recent motion picture wayne's world <laughs> thanks thanks as you can see I'm on the set of my new film in which I play a young fellow named Charlie, 
who gets a little more than he bargained for. For example, there's suspense. Have you heard of this case? Mrs. X. She murders her husband's on her honeymoon, then she changes her identity and marries again. I never heard of it, so what? I think I'm dating Mrs. X. The Justice Department reports an alarming rise in the number of poisoning murders across the United States. It's a smart drink to improve your brain power. You like it, Charlie? Thank you, no. There's action. Charlie, there's something I've been meaning to tell you. She's a killer. Charlie, she is not a killer. And of course, there's plenty of romance. What do you look for in a girl you date? I know everyone always says sense of humor, but I'd really have to go with <laughs> breast size. You're lying on your side, totally asleep. I could just um, stick a needle in So, as you can see, it has all the elements of a truly great motion picture. Oh, did I mention the axe murder? Hello, sweetheart. Missed me, darling? <laughs> so I know this was not yeah. a first time viewing for you. Not at all. This is one I've seen many times. But again, it's one of those, like, I've seen, oh gosh, you know, 20-some times probably growing up. But then there's been a almost 20-year gap, I believe, since the last time I've watched it. So it, it's uh, interesting. These almost make some of the more interesting ones to come back and look at because yeah, um, it's something that I, I liked enough to watch that many times, you know, growing up and then haven't seen it in so long. So it's really kind of testing our... our um, our, our format or what we claimed we were doing with this show when we started it and going back and checking out some of these hidden gems with a question mark but. exactly <laughs> so this one was directed by thomas and i'm going to butcher the last name maybe uh schlame schlame s-c-h-l-a-m-m-e uh thomas i'm sorry schlam schlam maybe i don't know thomas schlamey schlamey i don't know and <laughs> starring Mike Myers of Wayne's World fame and Nancy Travis. Uh, Myers plays Charlie McKenzie, a man afraid to commit until he meets Harriet, played by Nancy Travis, who works at a butcher shop and maybe a serial killer. And what we're referring yeah. to is the fact that Mike Myers also plays the character of his father, Stuart, who is uh, a, a retired Scottish butcher um, and is one of the more uh, comedic characters in in the movie, and I, I think it's funny <laughs> yeah. that you know things like IMDb and Wikipedia and, and others refer to this as a black comedy, which I guess it is because it uh, it's about potential serial killer, but that's yeah, that's but a pretty a harsh movie. label for something that's pretty silly. Yeah, I was gonna say it's pretty lighthearted. It's just a comedy, and it, and it even gets referred to as a, a romantic comedy, which I suppose it fits as well. Um, it's not really a dark comedy, except that there's like a murder mystery subplot. But honestly, it's it's so silly and, you know, it's almost like a, a sitcom type scenario. It's so lighthearted. So 
And actually, I think this might be, um, well, let's see, Mike Myers' second or third movie that he did. The first yeah, feature I, film he did was Wayne's World, and then this came out the same year as Wayne's World 2. Yeah. I don't know what he shot first, necessarily, but I know he was hired for this based upon the success of Wayne's World. So he was like their, he was like their first guy they wanted for this. They um, supposedly kind of shopped around some ideas but but mike myers after after wayne's world like they went oh we're gonna go with this guy essentially so what's funny is like reading on the wikipedia pages that supposedly they were thinking of charlie as an older character because of the other actors that were mentioned for the role so mike myers is the youngest guy in the list and the other list included other actors such as woody allen chevy chase albert brooks martin short um which all would have been uh interesting I well, could see Woody Allen doing it, kind of. Actually, I, I but... could too. I could see this as being a Woody Allen movie. Um, you know, and I also I just wanted to point out because this is an, an early Mike Myers movie, of course, who became a superstar because of the Austin Powers movies and then the Shrek movies, even. Um, mm-hmm. And he still is active to this day, especially in uh, you know kind of bit parts in movies. But this was the first. Yeah, I was actually gonna. Oh, I was going to actually compliment you on saying Mike Myers from Wayne's World when you were introducing the movie and not Mike Myers of Austin Powers fame because that's what I think a lot of people think of, but True. not me. <laughs> not me either. I mean, I, I still remember him on Saturday Night Live as characters like Stuart, you know, and yeah. don't... No, 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 no uh, Simon, the, uh, not Stuart, Simon. No, Simon, the bathtub. Don't yeah, look at my bum but... kind of a thing. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Wayne's World was my first real introduction to, to Mike Myers and... And then this movie as well, but this is the first movie that we see him in where he starts this trend of, of kind of copying, and not to bash him for that, but to, you know, kind of emulating Eddie Murphy with I'm playing multiple characters in a movie because in Austin Powers, of course, he plays Austin and Dr. Evil. He ups it with Fat Bastard in the second Austin Powers and then adds Goldmember yeah, onto Fat that. Fat Bastard just one. Stuart McKenzie in a fat suit. But Exactly, it really is. Uh, but yeah, that kind of thing, which he even... You know, has has continued to do relatively recently in the film Terminal. Uh, he plays two characters, so he. This is the one where he really showed that he can do the multiple characters in, in one film uh, by playing, yeah, playing his father. Uh, well, I think it's because Stewart is certainly one of the more memorable characters from this movie, if not the most memorable. Yeah. So yeah, I, I assume that's kind of what gave producers uh, or who, whoever you know people he went on to work with the idea that you know not only is he like you know, talented improv artist because he's been on Saturday Night Live, etc. But he's able to do these, you know, multiple kind of distinct characters and accents and such. So, And I, he, so his character in this one, the character of Charlie McKenzie, uh, yeah, he's a, what I love about his character in this and actually just this, this movie in general, it is a beautiful snapshot of 1993 Oh yeah, America. I mean, this <laughs> you can't get a whole lot more early '90s than this movie. From the first beats of the soundtrack with the Boo Radleys, "There She Goes." I mean, that yeah. song it just kind of screams 1993 uh, or early oh, yeah. '90s. But you know, from from that, and then the there's portions of the movie take place at a coffee shop. There's there are cappuccino jokes. I mean, it's yeah. The bowl there's cut. There's beat poetry. There's yeah. Uh, there's beat poetry. There's Mike Myers in a bowl cut, and it's yeah. you know. But at the same Surprise time, he hasn't it showed works. at some point with a sweater, like a flannel shirt tied around his waist. But yeah, I was especially for San Francisco in the '90s too. That's like we're yeah. the 
you know, that was a big but, thing. But he's, he's perhaps a bit more upper crust than that. He does hang out at the coffee place and writes, you know, performs poetry. So that that's a little different than just writes poetry, performs he poetry. He performs it. Totally different. Yeah, yeah with so. a jazz quartet. I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah. The, it, and, and it's <laughs> it's very dated. I mean, so for, oh, yeah. as a litmus test for this one, I showed this one to my 10-year-old daughter, Lisa. And she yeah. actually really liked it. She thought it was really cute. She thought it was funny. Um so some of those jokes still landed today. There's nothing in this that's really offensive or anything. That's actually one thing I was surprised no, about really. is it holds up comedically. Yeah, I think there's something that's a little bit... You're talking about it being an early 90s time capsule, and I think Mike Myers is a bit of that as well, just himself. like his. He's a 90s time capsule. His His style of humor, his performance, the way he does things is just of this era because i'm thinking like i'm thinking like early jim carrey movies mike myers is kind of in the same vein especially in this movie where he's trying to play a little bit of a straight character but jumps out of character so often to do these like over the top um i don't know he he over he it's intentionally overplayed it's not like he doesn't know he's doing it or he's a bad actor and hello um, yeah yeah and (laughs) it doesn't really seem like it fits the character of charlie mckenzie it's really mike myers adding his own flavor to the movie much in the same way that jim carrey would do with any character he's always going to have that jim carrey to it right until i mean later in his career obviously he, he evolved as an actor but um i'm talking in the 90s yeah (laughs) so it's a a very deliberately kind of stuff yeah. Which was within a year it's, of this. So you're right. right. You've, you've got, you know, well, and even the Austin Powers character was just like, let's get rid of Mike Myers and just have a character, you know? Yeah. Uh, in this one, he's trying to play a guy, you know? Uh, yeah. And then who, that's it, a little bit of a challenge. I and mean, it almost, almost doesn't work at points, I feel like, because of that. But it almost, he's a little bit too large for Charlie McKenzie. It, it almost would have worked with instead of him doing like poetry if he was doing stand up comedy. I mean, they they yeah. alluded to that a little bit because of some of the other poets that are up there are obviously doing comedic things. So I got the impression that he's kind of a comic, um, but more performance artist kind of a thing. I mean, you never really see what he does as a yeah. job. No, I was just going to mention that. It's like, Charlie, does Charlie have a job? I'm not sure. What does Charlie do? Because we know that, you know, um, Harriet is a butcher, we know his father is a butcher. That's why, you know, he uses that as his, like, line to get in and talk to her. But, like, his friends, you know, his friend Tony's a cop. But what the hell does Charlie do? <laughs> um, does he just write that poetry and perform it? Like, is that what he does for a living? Is he a writer? I don't know. They don't really... He's obsessed with poetry to the point where, like, you know, at the end, at the end of the film, their honeymoon, they end up going to... Um, on their honeymoon to, like, a, a bed and breakfast called the Poet's getaway or whatever i don't remember exactly but yeah he, he this it's certainly something that's important to him but yeah i don't think they ever mention yeah what he does for a living which is really interesting being that in, like in a movie about a relationship and about i don't know even though it's a you know it's a fairly silly comedy but well it, it, it's a very 90s thing here's a guy who can't commit but he doesn't have a fucking job it's like yeah. and he's having a hard time finding love i'm like you think <laughs> he's not exactly a sure bet you know, right. but it's cool that the character of Harriet, she's got her own business and she's, you know, actually, I wanted to talk about her character a little bit more. Nancy Travis's character, um, Harriet, in this, because she's kind of the focus, right? Is is she or isn't she 
a killer and i the movie yeah. is supposed to play it you know ambiguous till until a big reveal at the end um does it work i think so yeah i think she's actually pretty good in this and um i mean i don't know if you're ever like invested enough in like the actual plot of the movie to like have an opinion about it but when you go back and look at it i do think she she works like she, she's you know she pulls off the the kind of weird disconcerting moments fine and then and then she got you know changes into kind of sweet and innocent and you know but at the same time you got to remember you know she's a butcher and you know these are axe murders and there's all these kind of connections and the weekly world news article you know i mean read it in the paper right so the paper um but <laughs> full of facts it's the yeah the eighth highest or eighth best selling newspaper in the in the world in the world yeah, yeah, but anyway. <laughs> no, she. One thing that I've always liked about this movie, and maybe it's just Nancy Travis, who still, you know, still has a great career. I mean, Last Man Standing, that show with Tim Allen, just recently kind of called it quits, and she was a longtime uh, cast member on that. But mm-hmm. she, she really is is quite good in this um, because of yeah. that. She she plays very kind of lovable, sweet, um, caring you know like a, a likable character and then there's these hints of mystery that she's she's you can it's very clear there's parts where she's not telling you the full story and mm-hmm. that's both intriguing and a little off-putting yep. at the same time she has these moments that she'll say stuff that just seems uh it seems a little out of character like she's like been hiding this real person every once in a while it'll slip out and uh and she gets all yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She, so I, you know, for a story about a guy who's not sure whether the girl that he's fallen in love with is a killer or not, it does a good job of, of bringing that to the audience without giving you the same degree of confliction. Like, you're pretty sure she's not, but then there's hints throughout that you don't, you're not 100% sure. And that was kind of cool. So I thought that the character's well written in her part, but also well performed by, by Travis. She's, she's really, yeah quite charming in this but also a little I mean, off-putting in moments yeah in a more serious movie i suppose you could criticize like that the mystery in this is like you could totally see through if you had to predict how it was going to end it would probably be pretty easy to guess mm-hmm. but it certainly doesn't matter in the context of this type of a you know it, right essentially a situational comedy like i, I keep coming up with the the sitcom vibe of this although it's better than your average 90s like tv sitcom but it certainly got that kind of flavor to it. Um, speaking of su- like cast members, supporting cast members, there's a couple of, uh, mm-hmm. and we'll get to um, Amanda Plummer later because she's just great in this as well. Yeah. But um, Anthony, is it LaPaglia? Anthony LaPaglia, who yeah. played Tony in the movie. Yeah, um, I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. He just you know pops up on TV and what was he on? He was on something for years as well too. But um, He's pretty fantastic in this movie with is his like Serpico wannabe cop. Um, some of the best gags in this movie that I did not get when I was a kid was this whole like I want to be a hard ass cop plot yeah. line with him, and it's hilarious. His scenes with Alan Arkin are great. Oh and, yeah. Uh... <laughs> oh Alan Arkin as like the police chief who's overly understanding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just How a about nice a hog. <laughs> There, yeah. This is this is a movie that, and I'll try not to do it for the entire episode here, but is very quotable. Um, it is, you know, especially it, you know, the Stewart stuff. The Stewart stuff, yeah. I, there's <laughs> there's a lot of great lines in this one. Um, 
you know, and, and again, I think LaPaglia is kind of used to this kind of 90s thing as he was also the other movie he's from the 90s. He's very, very 90s movie that he's very well known for is uh, Empire Records, where he plays, mm-hmm. you know, Joe, the manager. Um, but with with this film, you, you I don't I, I'd love to see an original draft of, of the script and see then how much they put in comedy because a lot of the comedy bits work really well, but they have nothing to do with the story. There, it's yeah. a, it's a lot of it's like this might be a movie I wouldn't be surprised to find if it's eighty percent punch up, where right. these are all gags added after principal photography. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I, mean, I, have no I would think they have the pieces of the puzzle put together. Like they have that you know it's going to be like you have this character he's going to meet this girl he's going to get suspicious because of this article he didn't take seriously at first and then all of a sudden the pieces are going to start to go together in his paranoid mind all of his friends are going to tell him it's just that he's a commitment phobe and then we're going to find out oh wait no she's really an axe murderer and then we're going to find out oh wait she's really not mm-hmm. that i bet was all on paper but i bet that's in a lot of scenes that's about it because i could tell that you know mike myers is a lit off the leash often in this movie and i feel like some of the lapaglia and arkin scenes a couple of them probably are you know a good amount of improv as well, especially when he's pretending to be the hard ass cop, you know, because he asked him to be. <laughs> oh, I think there's a lot of improv in in this because I mean, first of all, Mike Myers was was raised comedically in you know Second City kind of yeah you know improv kind of thing, and I, I've read that he and Nancy Travis worked a lot on improv together while working on this film. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, but, I, I do think there's legitimate moments where you catch Nancy Travis uh, and other cast members as well, like literally laughing at what he's doing so uh, like it just looks it's it's very authentic laughter very yeah and yeah and i think that is probably because he's you know he's doing what he does and improv right. some of the stuff so and speaking of improv i i and might as well just just jump on it because we keep alluding to it but mike myers portrayal of his father Stuart, yes is <laughs> mostly improv i would have to say and i would say so um you know what's funny is i've seen interviews with mike myers where he's talked about his his father being scottish and and the the way he would pronounce things and the kind of stuff that he would do and the things he would say and i i feel like we're getting a good image of that here all right give your mother a kiss and i'll kick your teeth in yeah i feel like that too and although according to what i read about and this is on the wikipedia page but he was not originally intended to do this role. They were trying to cast somebody for it. He came in and was doing some line readings of scenes, and they asked him if he could just read Stuart as well. They He you know, kicked in the Scottish dad thing, which I, I, I assume he's basic on his own father. Mm-hmm. And um, they loved it so much, they're like, oh, we're just, we're just going to have you do both these characters. It's a little more complicated, but fuck it. We like it so much, we're just going to do it. Like, <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, I, I have a feeling that did come off the cuff, uh, and probably is a bit of an adaptation of his dad. <laughs> oh, I mean, I just remember seeing an interview with him one time where he talked about, and, and this is something I've even passed on to my kids, where if you want to say, you want to learn how to, how to do a Scottish accent, take the word squirrel <laughs> and pronounce it squiddle. And that's a Scottish accent. Squiddle. <laughs> Squiddle ran yeah, up the pole. Um, but oh, some of the lines, the whole berating his youngest sons for for his youngest son for having a big head, <laughs> the size of his the head. whole head move. Well, the 
Liam, move your head. Look at the size of that boy's head. Shh. I'm not kidding. It's like an orange on a toothpick. Shh, you gotta give the boy a complex. Well, that's a huge noggin. It's a virtual planetoid. Shh. Has its own weather system. Heed, move. <laughs> things spherical, like Boy, things like yeah. Sputnik, Boy, spherical like but Sputnik. quick, pointy in parts. <laughs> it's spherical but quite pointy in parts. <laughs> um, yeah, and even the mother yeah, too. Like yeah. we made the, the comment how she refers to the Weekly World News as the paper. Yeah. And when Charlie tells her that the paper has facts, and she says, "Well, look here, pregnant man gives birth. That's a fact. <laughs> That's a fact." <laughs> You know, I just watching I love, that like, now, later going, in the oh, movie, it, come, it comes back around and like Charlie's having to like talking to Tony about it, and he's like, "Well, it's, I I read it in the paper." <laughs> you know, yeah, it's got like, uh, the eighth yeah. largest publication. Yeah, <laughs> and and yeah, there's a lot. Of, you mentioned Alan Arkin, but there's a lot of cameos in this from oh, yeah. Charles Grodin to Stephen Phil Wright. Hartman. Um, Steve, yeah. There's a lot of uh, an, 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 Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman, uh, a very yeah. interesting cameo by um uh richards uh, michael richards yeah as yeah. as a, a guy who the insensitive man th- is the name of his character which is funny yeah kind of. yeah it was a little <laughs> amusing <laughs> oh he plays a guy who makes bad jokes you don't say <laughs> yeah i wonder if he He's probably kicking himself for he somebody his punishment for that you know we'll let we'll let bygones be get bygones if he has to just watch the scene from this movie every single day and just have to reenact it for everybody like you know then yeah yeah he has to just look at that and go yeah this is how you once wanted people oh to no see he it. can't just look at it he has to like act it out in public for people and that's oh uh, god <laughs> if he'll do that on a daily basis I'll be cool with you know yeah it's pretty hard always forgiven then, but but. <laughs> Yeah, and I, and then Amanda Amanda Plummer, as you mentioned, she's oh yeah, she's she always shows up in roles like this. She's just plays. I mean, it's probably just a bit of the the kind of presence she brings to her characters, but these kind of quirky, um, quirky characters that end up being a little bit of psychopaths, right? Even her like little bit part in Pulp Fiction, um, and just uh, yeah other other things i've seen her in but she's really really good at it and she always brings like a lot to what she what she's doing with it because rose doesn't have a whole lot of screen time but right she's certainly one of the more memorable characters in the movie so well and and i feel like she she does a lot with her little bit of she does and she's still you know she's still in tons of stuff she always pops up into things whether it's a a big budget movie or a a short film or a direct-to-video it doesn't she has this well, we did um, what's it called, Satan's Little Helper, which yeah. she's a yeah, co-star of. So, yeah, yeah she's a, a really wonderful character actor. Um, well, she's in in Freeway too. We've covered that one. Yeah, we should probably right. go through yeah. and just look at all the movies that we've covered that <laughs> she's in. She does. She pops up, and especially in the '90s, she just pops up in all kinds of stuff. But right. So, uh, and I also want to mention too, uh, Brenda Fricker, who plays Charlie's mom. You know, the May. Yeah. You know who we yep. joked about with the weekly runners, but um, people don't necessarily think they don't recognize her. She was the pigeon lady in Home Alone Two. Yep. Yeah. So. I and I didn't. I was trying to place her actually when I um, watched this movie. I'm like, I've seen her in something just recently, like fairly recently, and we just showed the kids Home Alone Two last Christmas. But I think that's what I was remembering her from actually was yep. that. So. So I guess, uh, what do you think? Does this one still overall? I mean, we'll get to grades here in a little bit, but what do you think about this 
the whole package here with the the comedic style, the filmmaking style. This is one of this isn't one of the early Saturday Night Live movies, but it's not far off from one. Yeah, it's got some of that same. I mean, you it's mostly you have a cast kind of those of, people popping up, I and mean, it's a Mike yeah. Myers vehicle, but you get the Phil Hartman um, cameo in there, and just kind of the style of humor. It's yeah, it's not with the improv and stuff. It's certainly not far off of that. Um, it actually it it's it's like we talked about. And I'm not going to revisit that, but it's super '90s time capsule here. Like this is just the most '90s thing I've ever seen, or early '90s, I should say, pre pre grunge '90s or like. <laughs> Um, but it also reminds me a lot of a, the Steve Martin, um, Carl Reiner comedies, like, so, so the jerk, but more specifically the man with two brains. Um, and I think maybe cause that's more about a relationship or it has kind of these like, um, but it has a lot of similarities to that in my mind. And I don't know if maybe I have to go and rewatch it again and see where I'm getting that from, but uh, that's what it feels like to be as one of those Carl Reiner um, movies from you know seventies and eighties. Sure, uh, it's got a lot of the same kind of hu- you know humor as well, although not quite as. I don't know if it gets quite as silly as those movies do, but um, I don't. know. Anyway, that's just kind of what it reminded me of. But there's some good gags, yeah, I, and there's a lot of great stuff that I don't think I got when I was a kid, like I was talking about the cop stuff in it because the cop stuff is freaking hilarious. <laughs> like it's, uh, and I don't think any of those scenes made any sense to me when I originally saw this. Like I found the Mike Myers stuff funny. Mike Myers was really funny to a 10 year old kid or whatever I would have been when this came out. Um, which I think I saw it pretty contemporary. Okay. And, um, but yeah, a lot of the other stuff kind of went over my head. So I was, I was really enjoying, you know, kind of, getting into the jokes and the pieces of this movie that I didn't really remember that I didn't, you know, identify with or laugh at the first time. So, and yeah, I, I love the, I love the, uh, Tony, the cop plot line with him just, you know, basically being a pencil pusher, uh, who wants to be, you know, a badass TV cop essentially. And, uh, I don't know. It's funny. Just all the different stuff with the boss and Alan Arkin's great. And it's, I enjoyed that a lot. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it holds up overall, and I, I think it's interesting you showed it to Lisa, and uh, your daughter, and um, that is it, super interesting to me, because I think I would have guessed the opposite. I would have said, like, her age and, like, you know, growing up right now, that she would have just been out, you know, 10 minutes and, like, yeah, this is a, I don't, I don't get this, like, um, so I, I, I'm surprised, but I guess pleasantly surprised that, you know, she was into it, not only that, but enjoyed it at the end of the um, Well, I think... To be fair, there's probably a slight bit of fascination with, like, she hears her parents talk about, in the 90s, we did this and this and this. Because she's in a kick right now where she's real into the 80s. Because she's discovered things like um, It (laughs) and Stranger Things. And she's like, I wish I was a kid in the 80s. It sounds like you could do whatever the hell you wanted. It's you like, hear, so, you, yeah, well. so the most bizarre thing about that is like you know the 80s is her 1950s for us which isn't that isn't that crazy it is exactly <laughs> so when we tell her about like no i didn't grow up in you know i i grew up in the 80s but i have memories mostly i grew up in the 90s and yeah. that's when so she's starting to see some of that and and you know get a kick out of it. i it's think like the, time the 80s that, but not quite as cool i think like, the time that baffles her is like the early 2000s 
I think it baffles me too, and I lived through it. I know that was a weird time. <laughs> that was really a weird time. But, um, you know, we thought everything was high tech, and it was not high tech. <laughs> but yeah. she, um, yeah, so no, she really enjoyed this. Uh, now I don't know if she would enjoy Wayne's World or Austin Powers or anything like that, but she did like this. But I also, and it's interesting because she's ten years old, but she's she's like a lot of ten year olds. She's pretty woke, you know. Yeah. So. You know, like the, the scene when May, when, when Charlie and Tony are leaving, you know, uh, May and Stuart's house and May kisses Charlie goodbye. And then she like really kisses Tony and she's like, oh, you're sexy. <laughs> you turned into a sexy wee bastard you did. <laughs> you know, it's a gag. Like your mom's making out with your friend thing. Right. And, yeah. and Lisa goes, oh, my God, isn't that cheating? And I'm like, that's, I guess, I mean, it's, be, yeah. yeah, I don't think anyone's taking it that seriously. Nobody's, like. so I was like, nobody's taking it there. It's just more like, well, that's weird. Yeah. So that was kind of It's funny. more like the awkwardness of what, you know, when your mom flirts with your friend kind of thing, but they just took it to the nth degree because that's what they did with this movie, so. Yeah, because she's like, I mean, the dad, I know he's drunk and passed out, but he's just sitting right there. And I'm like, you're reading into this way too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was kind it's, of amusing. The humor is actually supposed to come from Tony and, and Charlie's awkwardness with the situation, but I suppose yeah. that, that shows you know high marks for her empathy for drunken stewart but (laughs) right right i mean she she cracked up at all the stewart stuff and it's funny because she fell for it she was like she thought harry was the killer until the very end (laughs) she's like oh really wow i'm like yeah that's so it works i mean like that's i mean i'm sure the first time i was the cool thing is the reason i'm like perseverating on you know a 10 year old like watching this is um that's how old i would have been the first time i saw this so i'm like i'm like I think it's cool that people are like she's still getting a kick out of it the same way like we did when we saw it at that age. So she even so. thought that the the poetry stuff was pretty funny. So yeah. it it I think See, there, it says there something. There are a few Mike Myersy moments in this that I are just so like that time of '90s humor that I I feel like they don't land now. But you know if if it's working for ten year old kids because that's you know that's what it was working for you know when I was watching it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's not a it's not a risky movie, despite the title. You know, what is it? What was yeah. it rated like PG thirteen or something? I like think that? it was thirteen, but I mean, it's it's one that like I don't know if I show it to my kids now, but certainly like you know when they're a bit older, I would not have a problem with them seeing this movie at all. There's nothing offensive here. It's it's a silly, fun comedy. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely not a it's it's not risky in in the way that you would think of some other yeah pg-13 the way that you would think of some other uh you know 90s movies uh or any movie for that matter though but whenever you're you know i always try to remember that the stuff that i watched in the 80s and 90s that was considered pg-13 or even r uh is very different than today so yeah and i don't mean that in a good or bad way i'm just pointing out that it's different so we had this kind of disconnect uh, you know, b- between movies, like I'll sit down and be like, I I watched this when I was ten. You can too, and she's terrified. Um, right. But this one works, so I'll I'll kind of go with it. But uh, well, I guess if we had to wrap things up here, which we should, uh, into a grade, what would you give? So I married an axe murderer. You know, I I had a lot of fun with it. It's it's not a great movie, but it's a fine movie. It's 
I think it's a fun time capsule at this point because, like we talked about for half the show, it's just so 90s. It's just, it's a night like, yeah. Um, if anyone ever says, hey, what was 1993 like, pull out this movie, this this is it. And um, it's funny, and it's even, like, really funny at times. It, I don't know if I love it. Like, I don't, was it rolling on the floor like I was when I was a kid, I don't think. I do feel like Mike Myers is a little bit miscast here just because he's supposed to be playing such an average Joe and he's just so not. He's so over the top and just almost like, you know, he pulls a few of those like, you know, break the fourth wall, like make a joke and wink at the camera type, not literally, but like wink at the camera type jokes that don't work. He's also not quite a Jim Carrey. Like I, he can't quite pull that off, um, in my opinion. I don't know. I may just... We could have a you know super '90s debate about who's who's the better, you know, this type of slapstick or this type of improv comic, Mike Myers or Jim Carrey. But um, at the end of the day, I just don't think it worked for this character. Mike Myers is a very talented dude, and I don't want to like shit talk him, but um, I don't, yeah, I don't think it worked great for this character. But at the same time, it's just that kind of a movie that I it didn't really the weight of it didn't like ruin the movie or anything, and it. It works sometimes. He's funny. So, rest of the cast is great though. Like I think this is a Mike Myers vehicle where Mike Myers is outshined by his supporting cast in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed. I enjoyed a lot of the the stuff I didn't get before. Like I already talked about. It's. Um, I don't think I liked it as much as I did when I was a kid, but not like. You know, there's some of those that are like, oh wow, I love this movie when I was a kid. And now it's a total turd. This isn't a turd. It's enjoyable. Uh, you could certainly do worse. It's free on Pluto TV. I'd recommend anybody, you know, just wants some light, like, background watching. This is a, it's a good one. I'd say I've been floating back and forth, but I think I'm going to go ahead and give it a B-. minus. I've been pretty positive on it, so. Interesting. Awesome. I, I'm, I'm almost at the same spot there. This is one that I think the first time I saw this movie was with when I was visiting some cousins, like, that used to live up in Alaska. So I've got like a very specific family vacation, a once in a lifetime family vacation. We were sitting in like a hotel room watching this movie and I cracked up at it. And over the years, this was one where the first time I saw it on uh, for sale on DVD, I had to pick it up. I don't even remember mm-hmm. where I was. In some movies, you remember where you bought your copy. This one, I don't. I just, it's been in the collection since I've started having things on DVD. Um, right. But yes, it is available on Pluto TV as well. And I do recommend it. It's it is a '90s time capsule, as we've said. Not every one of the jokes lands, but none of them fall so flat that they just crash and burn. Some of Mike Myers' "Hello" kind of stuff is dated. It's like his attempt at being a '90s Jerry Lewis. But yeah. you know, Jerry Lewis was successful for a reason. So it it's dated, but it's not off-putting. And it makes up for it with some really great moments. Um, the the character acting of his, you know, the, the father character of Stuart, with just this this thick Scottish accent saying these absolutely hilarious, ridiculous conspiracy <laughs> theory things. Especially watching it in 2020, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just you'll never see somebody so angry at Colonel Sanders in your life and it's worth it for that because <laughs> his wee beady eyes um, oh yeah I'm gonna have to give this one a, 
a B plus actually. You know, it, yeah, it cool. is dated. If you don't want something dated, it's not going to be for you. But overall, the supporting cast is fantastic. Mike Myers, I like this because it's one of the few movies where you see him play a guy. You don't see him play yeah. Wayne Campbell, rock and roll dude. You don't see him play Austin Powers. He plays a guy, and. And it works well in his quieter moments, but there's just times for me it's like, yeah. Exactly. There are some times where he overshoots it, but it lands enough times where I feel like it can kind of sweep the other bits under the rug. So I'll give it a, I'll give it a B plus. So we're, we're, we're hovering in a, an average B there for this one. Yeah, yeah, which I think is fair. I think it's enjoyable. Yeah. It's, it's, it's odd to me that it's got such a low, um, like, tomato score, Rotten Tomato score. Yeah. Um, because that means the general consensus when this thing came out was that it wasn't very good. And I find that to be, I mean, I guess not unbelievable because it's not like one of those movies you're going to see. And it's like, oh, my God, so I married an axe murderer. It changed my life. There literally is nobody that's ever said no. that, I'm sure. But, but I mean, it's a decent comedy. It's, <laughs> I can't see it's, it's, you know, it's, it's rotten, essentially. It's a 53%. And it's, I think that's a little too. Uh, I agree. It's a bit much. A little harsh. Yeah. Yeah. So I gotta ask. So final, find things up. If you do, you have a favorite line from this one? Um, you know, and I have a few, and they're almost all Stuart lines, and most of it is him harassing his son about his giant head, and you know, making him, you know, him take basically just all the yelling at the head paper now <laughs> head <laughs> pants. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, and just just I don't know, Stuart. He's he's a he was the I guess we already had Wayne Campbell as a as a Mike Myers character, but he was the Mike Myers character that like invented every other Mike Myers character, right? It just yeah. seems like from that trajectory he he created all of these other um, you know, memorable for good or bad reasons characters that he has done. Um so yeah, it's mostly just, you know, him yelling in a crazy Scottish accent that is Reminds me of being young, like so. It still brings a smile to my face. Those are yeah. all my favorite moments growing up. Um, but there are some legitimately funny other stuff too. Um, I, I, to quote a line, I'm not sure, but like, like I said a bunch of times, the cop stuff's great too. But. It is, it is, and and I you mentioned it briefly in the beginning. Is Phil Hartman's character as Vicky? Oh yeah, the <laughs> Vicky, <laughs> the tour guide, former prison guard at um, Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. Who tells the story yeah, like... about <laughs> the inmates yeah. gouging each other's eyes out <laughs> and pissing in the sockets is <laughs> a great scene. Uh, and even I though I just told you yeah, the scene, you need to watch it because it's worth it. But I, I, if I had to go with a favorite line, I don't know. There's a lot of them, too. But, yes, some of the best moments are Stuart making fun of his son's giant head. But yeah. my all-time favorite of all of those is still after he's done berating his son for his giant head, he whispers, <laughs> Oh, that was offsides, wasn't it? He'll be crying himself to sleep tonight on his huge pillow. His huge pillow. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and with that, we would like to invite you, our awesome, loyal listening base, to share with us your favorite lines from... So I married an axe murderer. I uh, feel free to check this one out on Tubi if you haven't watched it before. It's or not Tubi on Pluto. It's a lot of fun, um, and I guarantee there'll be at least one line in there that make you laugh. And when you have those favorite quotes, questions, comments, criticism, or witticism, please feel free to share them with us at the Video Junk Air Podcast at gmail.com. or you can find us on Twitter at Video Junk Pod, or 
You can also do this on Facebook at the Facebook group or the regular Video Junkyard Podcast Facebook page. If you write it, we'll read it. And, of course, we'll always be open to listener suggestions. Yeah, I'd like to do another round of listener suggestions one of these days. Uh, So if you're listening and you want to have a movie that um, is on a free streaming service, I think we're going to stick with that. But something that you saw on a free streaming service that just something we got to check out. Let us know, and we'll definitely get it on the schedule. So um, you can get in touch with us at the places uh, everywhere that Joe just mentioned. So next week, coming up on the Video Junkyard Podcast, we're going to start our Christmas uh, series. So, of course, you know, we're going to watch your standard classic American Christmas favorites. Uh, Next week, we're going to watch the film Rear Exports. On uh, the following week, I believe we will be watching Christmas Evil. So if you, those are ones, heartwarmers that I'm sure you remember from your youth. And, um, well, you can't remember Rare Exports from your youth because it's really not that old. But anyway, it's, uh... <laughs> it'll remind you of roasting Chet's nuts over the fire and wonder whatever happened to Chet. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but we want to thank you and, for, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and now we've proven once and for all that we probably shouldn't ever host this uh, podcast in our Scottish accents because they're pretty poor. And, um, you know, so I'm anyway. I'm, I'm going to blame the scotch I've been drinking <laughs> since we started recording. You're, it should get better, right? The more scotch you drink, the more you should. Uh, I think when you, when it gets better, you're beyond comprehensive <laughs> words. Yeah, you're probably and, right. And coherent words, but... We want to thank you once again for checking out the Video Junk Air podcast. Please feel free to hit share and tell everybody just what amazing experience you had with us here this evening. And until next time, this is Joe Peterson. I'm Eric O'Branson. Have a good evening. You want my bond? I'm giving a chance. Come on, baby, let me know. Hang a solo! You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go. Stay on the road. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast all one word want to thank you again for listening and keep digging who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard.